0: Hey guys,
1: welcome back to another episode of Hey Change, I want to start out by saying that I'm in the midst of planning and recording the next season of this podcast, and we have so many exciting guests lined up with conversations I can't wait to dive into, so... Definitely stay tuned for that. In the meantime, I still have a few episodes that are recorded in 2020 that are yet to be aired, and one of them is this lovely conversation I had in late November with Josie. Josie Stoker is a wonderful young woman from Britain who spent the last seven years in Asia, where she worked alongside indigenous communities to bring their knowledge to corporate leadership teams. Having seen firsthand the effect of climate change today, she became passionate about empowering people to turn eco-anxiety into eco-action, and she's excited about the role technology can play in supporting everyday people in their ambitions to take climate action. Today, Josie is the co-founder and CEO at Capture, a B2B helping companies build a planet-friendly workforce. It also serves as an app that anyone can download and use to start tracking his or her individual carbon footprint, so definitely make sure to check that out. Josie and I covered so many great things in this episode, like what the difference is between climate change and environmental destruction, if individual actions actually matter and if so, why what roles companies ought to play in building a better world, and much, much more. This is a good one, friends. I hope you enjoy it. So without further ado, this is Josie Stoker from Capture.
2: Josie, thank you so much for coming to hey Change and to talk about one of my favorite things in the world, probably the most favorite thing in the world, uh, climate action, which I'm so excited about. And your company Capture is literally about that. It's about climate action and um, how we can all get better at getting to action. So tell us what you do and why you decided to start this venture.
0: Of course, thank you so much for having me and absolutely delighted to be here. Um, So I'll start from how we got started and then what CAPTCHA has sort of evolved into um, in a little timeline. So um, in my previous role uh, before getting involved with CAPTCHA, I was working with indigenous communities in Mongolia, Uh, had some time in Africa, and also in some parts of Indonesia and Malaysia. Um, And what I found, like, I don't know about your listeners, but when I was at school, I was always taught that climate change was something terrible that was going to happen. But in the future, you know, and, and and what I found um through my work with, with communities living very close to nature is that climate change is already happening. Um, it's already affecting weather patterns, it's already affecting, you know, sea levels and and causing, you know, droughts and wildfires and all sorts of terrible things. And I um you yeah, know it was pretty heartbreaking to to see the reality that that it was having on on people's lives already. I became, you know, hyper aware about my own actions and, and you know the fact that I was responsible Um, you know, in many ways for for this. um, I came across this amazing website called Shame Plane. And this time I was flying a lot, right? And shameplane.com shows you how much Arctic ice your flights melt. And I was like, surely if people knew, oh. you know, yeah, <laughs> surely if people knew, um, at least we could be making educated uh, decisions. And yeah, so I, I started looking for tools that would help me um track my my carbon footprint and help me to be more sustainable um in other ways as well. And saw that there was a yeah, there was a definite need for tech in this space. We have so many apps to track like our health and fitness. And I was like, why isn't there like a, a Fitbit for your carbon footprint? So so that's what we set out to make. And um I joined in incubator in Singapore and that's where I met a um, really awesome co-founder and Aziz and I um, launched the Capture app in January of, uh, of this year 2020 um, and the app it helps people to automatically track CO2 emissions from travel. Um, so obviously, COVID's been a bit of a curveball for us because we launched mm-hmm. an app that tracks emissions from travel and two months later, the whole world was grounded. Um, But, uh, but we've made it through the year and uh, people are still using it. So yeah, it helps people to track emissions from travel, basic tracking for your diet in there as well. Um, we give people monthly targets. Offsetting is there if you want to offset. Um, We also have a learning section within the app. Um, But we're actually, although we look like a a B2C um, company, a consumer company, we actually make um, our revenue as a business by working with organizations. So we have an area in the app called Capture for Teams, and it helps companies to build and engage a planet friendly workforce. So um, sustainable challenges and CO2 tracking and uh, all
2: sorts of fun stuff there. So amazing. Um, Congratulations. um,
1: (laughs) Thank you you for doing this,
2: for seeing there to be a need in the market of something like this and to actually, you know, deciding to go for it. I feel like we need more people like that. So thank you. I uh, also feel like some people might think that we don't want to know our impact. Like there might be this um, argument that we don't want to be able to track our negative impact because we don't want to know. But I don't think that's true. I think we do want to be able to see what's going on. Like people want to be educated. We want to be empowered in our choices and we can't be empowered unless we know what's going on. And so I think it's similar to an exercising app, like you mentioned, like you want to know how many calories am I putting into my body every single day? Because if I don't know the equation,
0: how am I ever going to change? Mm, absolutely, yeah, and I mean it, it's still something that, that that we're figuring out, you know. So, so as a disclaimer, I wouldn't say that you know we've 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 kind of cracked it yet by any means. So we're we're getting started. We've tried a bunch of different things. I mean, it's interesting you bring um, the exercise app analogy into it because they typically work in one of two ways. They'll either try and make you feel really good about the exercise that you're doing, um, you know, cue kind of Fitbits, um, you know, premise for this, um, or instead what they'll do is basically show you the negatives or, or rely not on shaming per se um but they'll show you kind of you know the the bad things or how much how much sugar you've consumed in a day for example um so it's really interesting looking at these different experiences and why do people go back to these apps you know is it because they're you know it's making them feel good or the, there's a lot here when it comes to the the psychology of wanting to open an app every day um but but yeah i mean it's, it's incredibly important that people have this information i mean you can you can draw an analogy again going back to food um, you know when we buy something, we take it for granted that you can see on the label, you know, sugar, fat, um, and you can make an educated decision. You know, if you want to go and, and, and have that cookie, fine. You know, we all know how much sugar is in there if we want to see because it's on the label. But when it comes to looking at CO2 emissions and the environmental impact of, of our choices, whether that's food, whether that's uh, transport, whether that's heating our homes, um, this information isn't readily available yet. Um, and, you know, and we're saying it absolutely should be.
2: Yeah. And I think the whole gaming aspect to it as well, is really powerful. It's proven that these, all these apps are so um, successful because people do like to put a game to things, you know, and I'm not saying that in the sense of like childish behavior, but when we gamify an experience so we can compare our success with our friends Mm -hmm. and we can do this together and we, you know, inspire one another, that is when we actually start making a difference in our Mm -hmm. lifestyles, in the world, uh, in everything that we do. And so I think, I think it's brilliant. And I think people will want to, if not already, um, be able to track what they're doing and their their impact and how they're being better. Because I think for, I mean, basically anyone who's listening to this podcast have some sort of wanting to change the world part in them. And one of the most overwhelming things, even for myself, is sometimes, like, does this even matter? Like on the bigger scale, like how is my choices actually making a real impact and doesn't like it doesn't do my individual actions matter in the biggest scale I'm going to talk a lot more about this later but yeah I think just back to the point of they do matter and if you could track them if you can literally see in your app every single day like how much of an impact do I have and how can I make changes to, to make it better? um, We will start seeing huge shifts uh, within the individuals and in families and in corporations. And so I want to hear like, what are some, what are some things that people have given you as far as feedback so far? Like Mm -hmm. what are people
0: telling you about the app? Um, so, so in terms of, of, of feedback and kind of like features that are most frequently requested, uh, what we're finding, and and this is awesome, is that we have users that are driving electric vehicles and saying, "Hey, I want to be able to you know to, to to track the fact that I'm using an EV instead of a you know um, a petrol or diesel powered car," because in in terms of how the app works right now, when it comes to tracking for transport, so we've created an algorithm that, that's able to look at how a user is moving and then predict their journey mode so for example we would say okay that looks like a bus journey a train journey a car journey and then within the app these journeys would all enter in. So, you're not having to enter in information every day um you know which is uh, you know, time consuming difficult to remember etc but obviously what we're not able to see from that is well what kind of a car was it um you know so if, if, if you own an ev and that's usually your vehicle of choice we're, we're we're increasing the accuracy so that you're able to tell the app um just once at the beginning um the type of car that you normally use so so that's some feedback that 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 we've gotten. Um, and in terms of our, our work with organisations, so there are you know, a bunch of things that, that we're going to be working on um, that have been requested from, from organisations such as having different teams to be able to compete with one another. Um, we want to add more of the gamification elements in there too, so that you can like, you can cheer, um, you know, what your colleagues and what your friends are doing, so that it becomes more of a, of, of a rewarding experience when you come back in and, uh, and open the app as well.
2: So is this ongoing debate whether we need to focus on individual change or systemic change or both or you know if individual actions like do they even matter um it's i feel like no matter who you're talking to it's always this debate on like what should we focus on um and everyone seems to have their own opinion. so um, i'm curious like what's your take on that what do you
0: think absolutely um i it's such an important debate um I would say, I, I mean, I feel like it's all interrelated. Like it's quite difficult to sort of s- to, to make that claim that an individual action doesn't matter. I guess that they guess the big question is, does it? does it make a big enough difference um, you know in 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 the face of you know the the urgency of the situation now um, i think it's all interrelated so so for example when it comes to, to to individual actions you could look at things such as you know reducing um you know single use plastic um you know does that really make any difference i mean now now we're talking more broadly about sustainability not not climate change but i would say i, I know we're going to talk about this um, a little bit more later like when it comes to to the identity of somebody it, it can start with a very small action and that action will then you know um, equate to sort of bigger and different actions down their life so maybe somebody starts with you know what I don't need to to, to use a straw to drink out of this cup I'm just going to drink out of the cup then they might be asking maybe they go to Starbucks and they say no to a plastic straw but then they wonder why their whole beverage still comes in a plastic cup so they might have a question about that then they might look at it and be like hmm, I've, I've heard somewhere that uh, switching from dairy milk to oat milk um, is really good for the environment so maybe I'm going to go ahead and do that. Maybe I'm going to go ahead and reduce, you know, reduce my meat intake. Maybe I'm going to look at the the organization that I'm working for, um, you know, and really figure out like what are they doing about climate change. And then they start thinking about, well, where's where's my where's my pension going? And you know, is my pension invested in fossil fuels? And I'm not happy about that. And then who am I going to vote for? So, well, I, the way that I think of it is like individual actions. In many cases, it's just the beginning. It's almost like the the evolution of an environmentalist. We've all got to start somewhere, um, and those individual actions can matter a lot to somebody then taking the next step to put pressure um, you know, on the more systemic factors that need to happen too.
2: Yeah, and I think also individual actions build momentum. Exactly. right? It's, it's building blocks towards that character that you just mentioned, where if you just wake up to the realization of like, wow, climate change is not just happening, it's here. Like what, what happened to you when you were traveling to Africa? you know it's like wow there are people already affected and this is much worse than we thought it was Mm -hmm. like maybe what we even know and so once you wake up to that realization it can be quite overwhelming and then you start looking at your life like how are you contributing to climate change and and environmental disasters and you realize by many ways like a lot right and then there's this like um, cognitive dissonance which appears when what you believe should be true and should be happening. It's just not aligned with your everyday lifestyle. And it almost seems impossible to change that lifestyle because we live in in society today. So how do you even, you know, how do you not contribute to climate change with everything that is set up for you? Like you have to drive to work, you have to do this. Like you need a computer to communicate. Like there are all these things for like, even if you wanted to become the best eco warrior in the world, it's close to impossible. So I think by doing, Like when like that is when you first like wake up to that image it's so disempowering and so overwhelming where what you need to do is just taking small actions and start building up momentum um and then also building character and like once you challenge or um uh, once you overcome one step like okay i'm going to reduce my plastic footprints okay great i could do that like i can prove to myself that i can do that okay then how can i start eating differently how can i cut down on meat how can I become more of this person? And then you like start talking about this with friends and family. And so slowly you're building up more momentum. And then at some point you're going to be like, you know what? I believe in change because I'm doing it myself. Mm-hmm. And that is why I'm going to start pushing, um, pushing for change too on a much um, bigger level and start seeing, you know, some real legislative change happening as well. But yeah, I, exactly. I totally agree with you. We, we can't only focus on individual actions, but it's
0: where it starts exactly exactly and and i think it's like that gathering of momentum that's so exciting that that we're already seeing you know That we're already seeing happen. I mean, it's like you know, saying does individual action matter? But it's like, well, if you know, tens of millions of individuals took individual action, does that become systemic action? Does that become systemic change? Like I was looking up, I was I was looking this up in 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 terms of um in terms of plastic and what's actually happening here. And sometimes it can feel like you're alone. Um, you know, if you if you're trying to be more sustainable these days, but I actually found last year it was reported that fifty three percent of UK consumers have reduced the amount of single use plastic they use like that's over half of the population of an entire country you know so yes individual actions you know definitely matter when they're done by lots and lots of individuals too I know I heard that you know what they call it
2: what they call it's actually a term it's called the Attenborough effect oh I love it it was because of David Attenborough he did this um I think one show about ocean plastics Mm. and he had a huge wave in the UK yeah Yeah, Um, it's incredible so that's awareness you know like we gotta Mm -hmm. start bringing awareness
0: Yes, and well, hopefully that will happen with because he, he's brought out a fantastic documentary, um, A Life on Our Planet that's available on Netflix. And um, so hopefully we'll sort of see that happen now when it comes to CO2 emissions as well. You know, it's almost like plastics kind of, for, for many people that's like the first step because it's something they can see and understand. Mm. Whereas emissions uh, can be like a pretty vague concept um, for, for a lot of folks. So hopefully we'll see like a, a second wave of the Attenborough effect for,
2: <laughs> for climate change too. And I saw it and I cried, it's so good. He's my hero, um, as he is for many. And before we move on, I actually want to just really clarify for anyone who may be a little bit confused, what is the difference between climate change and environmental causes? Like, you know, because I think some people sometimes get confused, like, isn't that the same thing? Yes, but you know definitely. climate change is like specifically about the global warming part of like us warming up the planet yeah. which obviously is interlinked with environmental distraction but it's not technically the same thing do you want to just clarify that
0: yeah absolutely yes it, it, it can be a confusing space and often when we talk about sustainability we'll be like throwing around so many different issues that are all you know because you can look at things like air pollution and then plastics and deforestation it's a mess specifically when we come to climate change and i think this is important to emphasize because i don't think enough people um you know um realize how difficult it is to undo climate change. And I'm not saying that the plastics movement isn't important, but I am saying that it is a lot easier to remove plastic from the ocean than it is to remove CO2 emissions from the atmosphere. Um, It's very hard to undo the effects of of climate change. So so when we're talking about climate change, what what we're basically talking about is the fact that um, since the industrial revolution, we have emitted greenhouse gases at an unprecedented rate. And this has already caused between one to 1.5 degrees of warming. And in some areas of the world, we're not all warmed evenly. In some areas of the world, we've seen between sort of five to seven degrees of warming as well. Um, So it's not happening evenly now the reason these gases that were called greenhouse gases is because they have a greenhouse effect so if you think about it every day a huge amount of energy from the sun hits the earth and a lot of it is reflected back out but greenhouse gases what they do is they they wrap around the work the the earth like a blanket and they prevent some of this heat from escaping and that's why when we talk about co2 emissions so co2 is one of the main greenhouse gases there are others but it but co2 makes up the the bulk of emissions um so, so when we talk about sort of CO two emissions and global warming, basically by releasing CO two into the atmosphere, we're kind of adding more and more to the blanket. Like the blanket's getting, um, you know, much more heavy. I guess <laughs> around around the earth, and that's that's what's causing warming. So that's what then has a, a load of knock on effects. So, um, you know, uh, global warming can cause, um, obviously, and is causing polar ice caps to melt. And if you think about it, polar ice caps, um, as you can all imagine, like they're very white and shiny. So traditionally they would have reflected even more heat back off the earth but when they melt they're replaced by dark ocean which absorbs even more heat so you kind of get all of these knock-on effects starting as well um and that that's what i'm saying is that it, it's a it's very difficult to reverse um so obviously that's why it's so important you know that we that we decrease the greenhouse gas emissions as quickly as we can there are loads of ways to do that and um and great action has sort of been taken already but of course there's a question are we doing it quick enough are we doing it fast enough
2: yeah, and I just want to throw some numbers out there because this is just, to me, unbelievable. But every single day, we're actually spewing out 152 million tons of man-made global warming into the atmosphere. So mm-hmm. like that is greenhouse gases that should not be entering the atmosphere. It's 152 million tons every single day. It's, I, I can't even wrap my head around that. It's crazy. And we've been doing this for decades, you know, so like, no wonder the the planet is warming up. And what you just said, like, it's so hard to reverse. And I actually read kind of a discerning article that Trump has made more damage in office than we think, because 2020 was such a critical year for climate action. Um, And even though Biden will take over and do all he can, we're already so behind where we needed to be in 2020 in terms Mm of reversing fossil fuel emissions. So not here to scare anyone just to like really bring forth the urgency mm. that climate change is real um and i think what we need to remember although climate change is not the same as environmental destruction like it's not the same as polluting oceans with plastic or um putting toxins in the soil or whatever we're doing it's very interlinked right because mm. when we're killing the soil of we are prohibiting the soil from sequestering carbon and having that natural cycle of Mm -hmm. carbon life. Mm -hmm. Um, When we are putting plastic in the oceans and killing marine life, which is oceans are also mainly killed because of the warming planet, because 93% of all the extra heat is actually absorbed from the oceans, which is why they're becoming acidified. But when like when we're cutting down trees, for example, to make room for cattle, um, then we are then we're releasing more carbon into the atmosphere because old trees hold on to a lot of carbon. So it's interlinked. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what we need to understand um, as, like, as we're moving into um, bettering and regenerating our earth for the future, it's not just about cutting down, it's also about making sure that we save and restore as much natural life as there is. And that we keep whatever ecosystem we still have around safe, because they are here to help us. You know, like they're part of the solution, and we need their help. We need to start working with Mother Nature as we move forward, instead of like trying to figure out, you know, how to beat her, because that's not what we're here to do. But yeah, I just wanted to really clarify, like mm-hmm. this is a big issue, but there's so many different terms thrown around. But yeah, um, let's not let's not close our eyes to the fact that flying and all sorts of emissions is like we really can't do that anymore not Mm -hmm. not for too long Mm -hmm. so to head into a more empowering note because we talked about that obviously we need to see systemic change and I think what you just mentioned too which is brilliant if all of us start doing something that becomes systemic change like we are the system which we cannot forget right Mm -hmm. you know we keep talking about like we need to change the system like well system is made of people so we start doing things differently that's going to be the new system but um Um, What are some things that are actually more powerful that people can do uh, that we may not think about in terms of individual actions?
0: yeah so you're probably not going to be surprised by 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 the ones that i'm going to say so the the first one so and this is where the line is blurred between individual action and systemic action so i would say an individual action that affects the system is is voting and and voting has never been so important when it comes to when it comes to climate change at the end of the day you know most most countries with governments whether indeed it is a democracy or not will be having a very close eye on on what their populations are looking for um so you know voting is a is a really great way to, um, you know, to, to, to kind of help avoid this uh, this crisis. And indeed, you know, if you take kind of other political elements aside and, and just think about maybe this is maybe these next five years are the years where you kind of you know shut your eyes to other things that you that you may or may not agree with and just look at just look at the climate as, as a really important issue. Um, so voting is definitely one. Other other two, I'm probably. More, more that you'll that you hear about. So eating less meat, um, that can really help. And it doesn't have to be, and I, I think this has been a challenge with um, you know, with some of these movements in the past, it doesn't have to be an all or nothing thing. You know, and not everybody has to, you know, go vegan overnight, even decreasing meat, you know, by a little, a few days a week um can have a really big impact. Um Greenpeace has just put out this beautiful animation called a Jaguar um Jaguar in my kitchen, um, with this like lovely poem about uh, you know, how eating meat um, can help prevent deforestation, and the fact that seventy-five percent of uh, deforestation of the Amazon rainforest in Brazil has been linked to, um, you know, to the meat industry, because land needs to be cleared for for cattle to mm. graze or for us to plant, you know, um, you know, crops to feed those animals. So yes, so voting, eating less meat, and taking fewer flights. So that's a super easy thing that that, that a lot of us can do if we can. Um, and so to, to to put that in perspective, so this is data gathered from my favorite website Shane Plain. Um, a flight from London to Barcelona um, emits about 0.4 tons of CO2 but that that equates to the melting of about 1.2 square meters of arctic ice and they they show you what CO2 emissions actually mean in terms of you know arctic ice melting but but to put that in perspective so I just said 0.4 tons that's an economy ticket that's that's return so there and back 0.4 tons if you go vegetarian for a year you can save 0.9 tons so you can you can see you know how like a couple of flights really do add up um so yeah there we go three three individual climate actions voting um putting the planet as a priority when you're choosing your candidates um less meat and fewer flights great ones
2: i think it's just you know i'm sitting here and just thinking to myself like it just makes sense you know it doesn't have to be so big it doesn't have to be like we're sacrificing life because ultimately yes of course we love traveling and going places but i find that sometimes the trips i enjoy the most are the ones that are close by so i don't have to worry so much about the stress that goes into flying and having to figure out where to go places it's just like you want to just have some quietness like spend time with the people you care about you know it doesn't have to be flying across the globe and like when it comes to work i mean we have zoom (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> so oh, many absolutely ways yes and i mean this the, you know this is another thing i think travel you know obviously you know the 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 majority of travel worldwide is is for business purposes and obviously what we've seen this year is is companies you know in many cases have been sort of pulled kicking and screaming and some you know into zoom calls instead of in-person meetings so you know I, I you know i do think travel will be will be up next year but i don't think it'll ever be quite what it was um you know because we've shown that in many cases these trips aren't necessary and i mean even thinking in terms of family holidays you know perhaps Perhaps it might be the case of, of of going somewhere but then staying there a little longer when you're there or you know traveling yeah. by a train or something like that you know that instead um so uh so yeah
2: and if everyone starts using capture, we will all start flying less because we realize how much ice capture melting. and we don't want to contribute to that because that's <laughs> so, <you know>, the <laughs> so means.
0: Yeah, hopefully it'll be easier to, to, to put it in perspective and you've got to remember it's like it's kind of like the fossil fuel companies, you know Airlines would rather that nobody thought about this. You know So um, yeah, so of course, it's in, you know, important to try and get that information for yourself.
2: Speaking of fossil fuel companies, let's talk about Shell. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Shell just tweeted a week ago, a couple of weeks ago, um, something that completely backfired. I think they were trying to start a climate conversation of some sort, but they tweeted, what are you willing to change? And then they had four options that people could choose from. And it was offset emissions, stop flying, buy electrical vehicle, or renewable electricity. And what they didn't realize was that this was going to backfire big time because this tweet went viral from all sorts of big, high profile tweeters, name dropping them and like making them look ridiculous. And I think my favorite tweet was from the Sunrise Movement because they said, oh my God, cute, we're still gonna prosecute your exes for lying about climate change for 30 years though. And some other tweeters were Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez and it was Greta Thunberg and all of them were just like, this is ridiculous, you guys, like we hate you basically. Um, So what's your take on all of this? Like, is it impossible for someone like Shell to actually go out and claim that they're trying to change the climate?
0: Yes, I, I, absolutely. It's uh, it was it was a painful one to watch. I have to say, and uh, yes, <laughs> I do feel like they could have probably seen that one coming. I think, like what you've got to remember in terms of fossil fuel companies, it it's in their interest for their consumers and their customers not to be questioning where their energy is coming from, and more thinking about how they can reduce the use of energy. I mean, it, it, if you think about it this way, it it, it would be less vital for us to switch the lights off if our lights were powered by renewables and they were fossil fuels. Um, mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of interesting work from fossil fuel companies, actually, to sort of make us as individuals feel like climate change is is our fault, and that everything we're consuming is bad, and if we just cut stopped consuming it, there wouldn't be a problem. Um, one particular example of this is the work that um, BP did. Um, they hired Ogilvy and Mather, so you know, a, a massive marketing agency, to create a a whole campaign around the term carbon footprint. So so BP were asking people, you know, what's your carbon footprint, um, you know, a, a number of years ago and sort of popularized the term in a way. Um, and you could claim that that would be to sort of distract individuals from, again, asking that question of, okay well but where is my energy coming from and you know wouldn't this be a game changer if instead we could use renewables um so so yes i mean it's it's not really surprising that 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 shell were uh roasted in the way that um that indeed they were um and i would say you know in in general i think anybody any large company talking about climate change they have to have their own house in order first um before they then go sort of asking you know folks uh what what are they going to be doing so uh so, yes, it was a, a, a painful one to read, but not surprising.
2: It's just like we can't we don't we just don't take greenwashing anymore, you know, and it's so evident. And I think social media has become a mining field for a good reason. You know, it's like if you drop the wrong sort of thing in a bucket here, it's going to explode and mm. you got to be careful. And I think, I mean, all the retweeters made really good claims. Like the, most of the fossil fuel industries or if not all of them have known for decades that they were destroying the planet and they kept this a secret. So like, we're not going to take their shit anymore. Like, no, no, no. You had your chance to get this right. When you first learned about this, like how many, like 30 years ago or more mm. and you didn't. So like, I think like, to what extent are we as humans willing to forgive? Right. I mean, yes, we do need companies for many things. And as of right now, we still need fossil fuels to for our societies to function. But I think as soon as we start transitioning over to renewable energy and Biden claimed that they want, he wants America to be 100% renewable energy by 2035, which is only 15 years away, you know, like, we're not going to need them anymore. So I'm not saying that I'm dooming all the fossil fuel industries, but I think what you just said, they have to get their own house in order first, and to really come forth and say to the world, like, we screwed up like we're so sorry like
0: this was all mm. us it's so right. interesting yeah like i wonder like i i honestly because it's, it's so funny isn't it it's like if they just came you know if, if, if someone just came out and said look guys like we are sorry for this and this is what we're going to do because i mean renewable energy i mean and, and, and a lot of these fossil fuel firms are you know right as we speak transitioning to, to to you know to power renewables if you think about it you know you go and fill up your car with um with gas like you know there'll be times where you'll need to go and you know top up your um you know top up your electric vehicle as well so their they position they're, they're, they're positioned there in exactly you know exactly the right place um with all of the customers there um and you can make you know fantastic revenue from renewable energy too i mean it's not like a charity thing that they need to offer um right. but um but yes i mean they, they, they'll they'll have no choice ultimately in terms of of, of needing to to switch
2: to renewables let's just leave it at this. We're living in a no bullshit kind of world. So we're not going to take bullshit anymore and we need to see actual action. And I think it's like very last minute we're starting to see that. So hopefully we can you know, keep crossing our fingers that real change is underway. Let's, before we wrap up, and I want to finish up with my rapid fire questions. I'm really excited to learn all these things about you. But um, before we close up, let's just quickly talk about the Paris Agreement because we know that Trump pulled out and we know that Biden wants to get back in as soon as he can. That's great. But I'm not asking you to be a, an expert on the topic, but just an overall kind of like thought about it. Do you think countries, first of all, are doing what they should be doing to reach their goals? or And even so, like, do you think it's enough? I know Greta keeps saying that it's not enough, <laughs> that we need to do more. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on all of this stuff?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I first of all, I think it's fantastic that it happened. And if you think about how difficult it is to uh, to get different countries with different attitudes and political systems and also different levels of blame, in a way, for this situation when you look mm. at things like historical emissions, to actually come together and agree on something, um, you know, that that cannot be underrated. And it's wonderful that the US will, will, will be rejoining. And everyone needs to stay. And I think there are about five countries that 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 aren't in. But it's really important that everybody <laughs> stays in um yeah I I think regulations needed to 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 start kind of backing up um you know and then I'm really nudging people into taking action but I also think that that the whole attitude towards climate change and almost like the identity of the climate change movement um is moving and evolving into okay it's not just about avoiding doom and needing to pay and this being like a charity movement but it's like the wonderful opportunities that solving this problem will you know will bring for everybody like we will be able to breathe cleaner air you know um we will be able to okay yes you know obviously avoid a lot of terrible things as well um, but wouldn't it be great if our energy could be powered by by renewables and you know, think about how much more affordable that could be as well for us um so so yes i think i think sort of changing attitudes are happening where people are seeing this more of an opportunity you know, you can have economic growth, and you can decrease, you know, um, GDP. The UK's done it over the past few years, increasing GDP whilst um, decreasing CO two emissions. You know, fairly rapidly. But yes, like there always needs to be more, more happening. Um, I think, you know, in terms of our our, our businesses, going to sort of do their part. Um, I think yes, I think you know, customers will hold them accountable investors will hold them accountable as well because, you know, nobody wants to own shares in, in you know, fossil fuel companies or, you know, polluting companies anymore. Um, you know, um, shareholders, um, you know, boards will hold them accountable. So I think we're going in the right direction, but it's just, you know, thank goodness that the U that the U S will be, uh, will be remaining because that would have, uh, I-, I think, had a- extremely negative consequences had, had they left because of course they're, they're one of the world's main polluters. So if they're not part of it, you know, it's almost like the others will say, well, what's the point of me staying in, you know, so, uh, so we will
2: see. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I feel like finally, I'm not American myself, but I live here, and so I kind of, you know, I see myself an American in that sense. And it, f- it felt like we just joined the party again. You know, <laughs> and so yes. It's like- yes, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I would say, like, what comes to me right now is that I think the Paris Agreement is like the foundation of things that need to happen. And like you said, it's great that we have this foundation. It's great that we've come together and agreed on this. And we need all the countries to stay in it. But I think we're going to move beyond this. And actually, there is, a, I don't remember the name right now, but there's a coalition or some sort of, um, there's a group of states in America that actually formed a climate action um and I need to find the word for this right now I can't find it in my head but anyways there's like half of all the states in America are already surpassing the goals so they're working like beyond what needs to happen so it's going faster than we want to see so like change is happening which I think we have to really remember and I think what will happen is that what you just mentioned it's it's not an inconvenient inconvenient truth anymore like there are so many opportunities for investment for businesses to grow for us to find new ways of living like we don't have to sacrifice life or societal structure or success in order to fight this like we can actually start moving into a different future that's even better than what we're used to and I think as soon as we start adapting that mindset and we start getting proof of that it's gonna Mm. you know just push us over the edge and like further so I think mm, the exactly. Paris Agreement needs to be the foundation, but I, I, I can't see why we wouldn't go further than that. And I think that's what's going to happen. Mm, Just definitely. the optimism. coming through. Yeah, like that you've you got
0: spot. to be. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, let's let's cross our fingers that that is what we'll see, and keep fighting for for that change to to appear. Ah, Joseph, thank you so much. I am so honored to have you on my show. I'm so grateful that people like you exist in this world. That you know are realizing something that isn't right about the world and how we're living it and then you say I want to make a solution and this is how I'm going to do it so thank you for capture I can't wait to try it out I'm actually about to take my first flight in a very long time um, next week so don't feel great about it but I need to go home and see my family for Christmas so I give myself an excuse for that. <laughs> very um, good. I
0: think it's it's difficult because I, I was looking for coming traveling from from the U.S. over to Europe I feel like a while ago, because I was looking at this trip and I was like, there's a boat. You can get a boat. I mean, not for this trip, obviously, but <laughs> for future trips. There is a boat, and I feel like it takes like 12 days or something I like that. It's like a, a Titanic-esque route from uh from London to New York or something, but it's obviously like not always convenient. And especially today with uh with COVID, um, yeah, I you know, travel is travel is harder than ever. But you know what, though? If the, this boat has Wi-Fi and I can yeah, work from well, this, this is what boat? I'm wondering.
2: Yeah, thank you very you Because I'm trying to figure this out because I'm like, you know, I'm married. I live in America right now, but I love my family and they're never going to leave Sweden. So, like, how am I going to mm. figure this out? You know, mm. like, there's the dissonance in my world. Like, I don't want to give up my own life and never see them again. But it is hard to fly because it kills me, Right. So I'll look into that boat. <laughs> sure, one. definitely. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> I'll just have to leave for like longer periods of time. Um, yeah, but yeah. I'll, I'll work <laughs> it out. All right. So before we get into the final questions, um, where can people find you in the app?
0: Absolutely. So to, to find the Capture app, you need to go to your app store um, or via Google Play. And if you search for Carbon Footprint Tracker, you should find us up there as, as, as number one. Um, so you can download the basic version of the app. It's free to use. It'll help you track your emissions from travel. A basic diet emissions tracker in there as well. If you want to offset, you can. If you want to learn more about climate change, and uh, we've got loads of other, uh, really kind of a couple of blogs that, that come out every week about loads of different sustainability topics. You can do that as well. Um, and yeah, you can you can reach me um, also via email or via our website. We're at thecapture.club. Um, you can find out more about our service for organizations there too. Awesome. I'll link everything in the show notes too so we can easily Thank find you. it. All
2: right. Are you ready for my final five questions? Yes. Yeah. yeah Okay. Fill in the blank. I believe in a positive future because
0: we don't have an alternative.
2: Oh, good one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> never fly again or never eat meat again.
0: Okay, so I would go for never again eat meat, but my disclaimer in this one is that I've been veggie for a while, so I'm like, for me, it's pretty easy. Never flying yeah. again would be a challenge.
2: <laughs> well, I'm right there with you, sister, so I know how it is.
0: <laughs> um,
2: okay, if you had the power right now to change one thing about the world and it would go into effect immediately and stay that way forever, what would that be?
0: It's a big thing to change, but just switching how we power our industry and businesses. If we can use um the same grid but powered by renewables instead of fossil fuels um it would be yeah it would be a a huge game changer that would be amazing
2: in the future hopefully um okay what are the first three things you do every morning and if you
0: don't do them your day wouldn't be the same so um so our, our team at Capture's remote, um, you know, everyone works on different time zones, so it's probably not the best habit, but yeah, I always like the first thing I'll do is be, uh, you know, checking Slack and seeing what's happened overnight. In a way, it's nice because I'm like, progress is always being made for Capture, you know, at, at all hours of the day with people on different time zones. But yeah, I'm you know, definitely uh, addicted to to Slack and email, of course. Um, I also... Um, I recently purchased a, a little walking pad that goes underneath my desk. So I'm like walking tight, which is a huge game changer because oh. we're currently in lockdown number two here in the UK. So it gets dark at like 4 p.m. So that's been really, really helpful for me. Um, and, uh, and coffee, of course. So uh, those would be my three. I feel like I
2: know you. <laughs> I also had you know, my business partner is uh, on the West Coast. so We are always time zones apart. And I always feel like I wake up and having to see what's going on and I think it's part of working for your mission you don't mm-hmm. mind as much checking email the first thing although I try to have a little break before I do that but I totally feel you also I love to walk and if there's a way I can walk and work at the same time I would be in heaven so I need you to check that out life's complete <laughs> <laughs> and I wouldn't live without coffee so great things uh, okay final one you are seventy plus something years, or maybe hundred plus, whatever old you are, um, and you're at home with your grandchildren, and you're telling them about the crazy 2020s and all the years that followed. In one sentence, maybe two, what will you tell them?
0: I would say that that we did it. You know, we turned it around. Like this was the 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 biggest challenge our generation has faced, and I guess it's like. Like my grand, you know, my grandparents would have told me about, you know, how they survived the war years and, uh, you know, it was really awful, but they got through it and, they, you know, kind of reconciled and, 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 and moved on, you know, like, I feel like it, this is going to be, you know, the, the biggest challenge that, that we're facing together as a world. So, yeah, I would say we did it. We turned it around and um, enjoy your free renewable energy. Let's manifest that right now. Let's hold on <laughs> to it. Thank you, Josie. Thank you so much. Awesome! Thank you so so much for having me. It was uh, it was a real pleasure speaking with you, and uh, yeah, thank you very much.
1: Thank you again for tuning in. If you like this show, please, please take a short moment and open the podcast app to give it five stars. That way we can reach much more listeners just like you. Until next time, have a lovely day and keep fighting for the world you want to see and that you deep down believe is possible. We can do this. So let's not give up. It's time to get to climate action. Take care, guys. I hope to see you back here again very soon.